to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is my awesome co-host, Court Winsett. Greetings. And there's the opening bell. Oh, that bell sounded a little bit different, Katie. It did, because we're going back to school. That was definitely a school bell I heard. (laughs) Yes, and so how fitting, because today we're going to talk about student loans. Ah, yes, student loans. Don't don't turn us off yet, because we're going to make this fun. We want to talk about student loans, but before we talk about the actual loans, we want to make sure we talk about where they came from, kind of the history of college. If you're thinking about getting student loans, if you got student loans, let's, let's figure out what we, we can do with it. Basically, what is college? Why would one go to college? Does one need to go to college badly enough that one wants to go into debt to do it? Yeah, what do you need to get into debt? <laughs> if you are in debt, can we help you get out of it? And we're going to see what we can do for you. So that means... Probably a good topic for uh, top five might be uh, college related. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah, okay, so how about this week? Our top five is top five college movies. Woo! I like it. Okay, well, I think I'm going to go in reverse order. Yes, okay. Lots of great college movies. I wish we had done TV shows actually because Greek is one of my absolute favorite TV shows. And I think it really just, you know, Seven Seasons really shows you all the aspects of Greek life in college and the fun. <laughs> and Cappy, who has like 12 majors. <laughs> okay, my number five mm-hmm. would be Life of the Party. Melissa McCarthy. It's fairly newer. Um, her, she's dropping her daughter off at school. And I remember it. I mean, I, I watched it recently, like I think on HBO. So it has to have been something that came out pretty recently. Yeah, pretty recently. But so she's kind of down on her luck, just dropped her daughter off and then finds out her husband wants a divorce. And you find out that she actually never finished college. Hmm. So she decides she's going back to school. And from the title of the movie, you see she ends up being life of the party. But she didn't just pick any school. She picked her daughter's school. I'm sure her daughter was pleased as punch about that. Oh, yeah. But it's it's a pretty good movie. I like <laughs> it a lot. kids would kill me if I went to their school. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. They would kill me. Okay. So number four would be uh, Mona Lisa Smiles. This one's a little bit more on the serious side of college. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah it's, I seem to remember a lot of uh, good 50s misogyny in there. And, uh... Yep, it was set in the 50s. Uh, Julia Roberts was a teacher, and you've got Kirsten Dunst and um, Julia Stiles, Maggie Gyllenhaal. They're all the girls at this all-girls college, and they're kind of there just to be there at college and to be educated, but then to be a wife or a mother and... One of the girls ends up actually getting accepted to law school, and Julia Roberts is the teacher pushing them to go and mm-hmm. to meet their full potential. And she goes, well, but I got engaged, so I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. So it really shows that part of history where women were not going and getting these degrees. They were just kind of going to college, awaiting that proposal, awaiting that husband. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. different times, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number three. Uh, love this movie to pieces. Legally Blonde, Miss Elle Woods. Technically not college, or at least not much of it is spent. I will argue till I'm pink in the face because whoever said orange isn't a pink is severely disturbed. (laughs) But I'm just going to say she is in college and she is going through and trying to decide that she's going to go to law school because like it's hard. No. But I, I mean, Elle Woods is, I think a lot of people really wanted to go to law school after they saw how easily she did with her video submission and mm. her pink resume that was scented, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just randomly decided that she was going to go to Harvard Law School. Harvard Law. Law schools to get into. But yeah. I mean, exactly. And, sure. you know, the first year law student gets to be on a trial for a case. Because that's real life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you went there. I absolutely Not did Harvard, exactly but... <laughs> the same thing. And my my uh, my law school professor hired me and uh, and then put his hand on my knee, just like happened in the movie. <laughs> it happens all the time. Okay. Uh, number two. Great movie. Good Will Hunting. Yes. That is an awesome, awesome movie. Fantastic. Robin Williams, Matt Damon. Um, you know, he's the janitor at MIT. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. One of the cool lines that was from this movie uh, that kind of references with our episode, he Matt Damon's character rattles off, you wasted $150,000 on an education when you could have gone and paid $1.50 in late fees at the public library. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's just smacked it down. They're like, yep. And my number one, okay, I, I got another one. I know Blazing Saddles was in the same category, but this movie in 2001 was inducted into the U.S. Library of Congress deemed Culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Hmm. Okay. What is Toga. it? 
Toga. 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 <laughs> yes, it is Animal House. It is the ultimate frat college movie. It is just so great. I mean, Bluto's speech about it's not over till we say it's over. When the Germans <laughs> bombed Pearl Harbor. And you're just like, what? But you are so energized <laughs> with him. Bomb Pearl Harbor? Yep. And you know, he ends up He's going he ends up going <laughs> off to be a senator. So you know, that's a great example of college life. Indeed. Okay, that's mine. So let's hear yours. My top five, starting number five. Uh, these aren't really ranked in any particular order, at least not until we get to number one. And I'll give <laughs> you my top, my my top favorite movie. But um, uh, n- starting with number five, um, old school. Uh, which you're my boy blue <laughs> what it was uh not was it it was luke wilson in 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 old school so anyway funny movie um number four i kind of I, I almost didn't put this one on my list because i i have rewatched it recently and it really is a uh it, it didn't age well let's just Uh-oh. say there's uh, it's it's really it's got some pretty pretty off color humor I guess would be the best way to put okay. it. Uh, some somewhat some might call it uh, offensive, but it, anyway, it was a it was a classic from when I was a kid, so I had to put it on there. It's Revenge of the Nerds. Ah oh, yes, classic classic movie. Um, uh, number three would be Van Wilder. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is so hot. <laughs> It's uh, it's another, it's another one of those movies that just involves so much offensive stuff that you and gross stuff that you just can't, you just, I mean, anyway. Um, he made the most of his college years, though. He 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 capitalized on it for sure. Absolutely. Number two would be Real Genius. This was this was like Val Kilmer's version of Van Wilder almost, except for he was Val Kilmer was uh, a genius and his. A, a little kid that was like a, a child prodigy was a genius and was his roommate and or maybe I don't even remember if they were roommates. I think they were. I think they were roommates. Anyway, it was funny. It was a good movie. Um, my number one movie is uh, my my favorite college movie. And it the, the funny thing about this movie is it could have gone on so many of my lists. It could have gone on my guilty pleasures list. It could have gone on. I, I mean, I don't know how many different lists we've done now. Probably at least fifteen. So I'm sure it could have gone on several of them. But um, it's Pitch Perfect. I love this movie. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I'm kind of an acapella nerd, and so you know, a, a whole movie that's based around an acapella competition was was right up my alley. Plus, I'm I I, I have the biggest crush on um, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I mean, so uh, I I I've, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie. I've watched it. Uh, over and over and over again uh, if for no other reason than just because I like the songs so uh, that's my number one I want to say uh, we I did not there is another movie that I classify as one of my favorite college movies that didn't make it onto this list because we did it in the sports movies okay. and that would be Rudy yeah it's uh, great I love one. I love Rudy as a as a as a college movie uh, his his entire experience not just with the Notre Dame football team but actually being at Notre Dame. It's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's really cool, but it didn't make the list because we had already used it before. So that's my top five. Well, so there's a common theme with some of our movies. It's one of those that, for the most part, they're not about the academics. It's not about, oh, it was a great movie where they went to this college and ended up with this great degree. It's about their extracurricular. It's about the the crazy, the sorority, the fraternity life, mm-hmm. the you know fun parties. Um, Singing. Huh? Singing competitions. Singing, yeah, exactly. The extra stuff, for sure. So, when we started talking about student loans, we kind of wanted to go back and talk about the evolution of college. And just kind of where it where it's been, where it is now, because it's ever-changing. It really is this kind of crazy pattern that we realized as we went through this. So, journey with us on the evolution of college. So, higher education. We are extremely different from other countries. And when uh, college first started out in 1636, Mm -hmm. 1636, that's crazy. It was really modeled after um, Oxford and Cambridge, and it was religious-based, and the schools were around for ministry. Mm -hmm. That's really what they were. Yeah. um, Do you know what the very first college was? I do, but I don't want to steal your thunder. Harvard. 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 Yeah. 
Uh, it was Harvard College, now Harvard University. Yes, indeed. If you call it Harvard College now, I think there might be some people real upset about that. Mm-hmm. So it's the university. Um, their first 500 graduates, only half of them did go into ministry because mm-hmm. they were still dabbling a little bit in the higher professions with a little bit of medicine and science and all yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them went on to being public officials and physicians, lawyers. Yeah, I mean, you, you're talking about... A place like Harvard and and the for the first you know century or so that that you that we were that we existed as any sort of colony or whatever talking about very few schools and not a lot of people went to school you know not not a lot of people you know you you didn't become a doctor or a lawyer or whatever by going to school you learned those like you would learn any other trade by being an apprentice with someone the school would help obviously um, but they were really, it was, it was, you know, about like Princeton college was, was all about the, they were completely focused on, on, uh, ministries, uh, on, on ministers. Yeah. And I mean, you have Harvard and they were teaching you the classics, the Latin, the Greek, the civic law, the theology, which is what we would now call liberal arts. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's what it was. You would go and it wasn't so much that it was expensive. It was just the elites. That's who was going. And it took 60 years from when Harvard was created for the next college to be founded. Which was? William and Mary. William and Mary. That surprises me. Yeah. I would not have guessed William and Mary. But in order to go to there, you had to become a member of the Church of England. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So cost, tuition, 10 10 shillings. Per quarter. <laughs> do you know what that, that kind of references to? I uh, do not. Cost of a pair of shoes and two pairs of stockings. <laughs> so back then. You back could get then. A 1700s. Yes. 1700s. And two, in, uh, back then you could get a pair of shoes and two pairs of stockings for 10 shillings, which was the price. Tuition for college. For co- that's amazing. Yeah. You so can't. it wasn't that cost was an issue back then, but think about it this way of... If you have a farm or you have a family business, you can't afford to have that young, viable man in your family go off to college to learn whatever theology or whatever it may be. You need him there. You need him to help on the farm. You need him to help with the business. So cost wasn't the issue at that point. It was just that only families that could afford to have a child, a family member out of the house could go. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when you were mentioning about different people going, Harvard, their first 150, 150 years, the first 150 years of Harvard. So from, what, what did we say? 1636, 1636 up to 18, no, sorry, <laughs> 1786. Yeah. Their graduates were not listed alphabetically. They were listed by their family's social ranks. <laughs> So really crazy that it was not, you could not sit there and scroll alphabetically. You got to look at your, oh, what is your family's social ranks? Mm, Of course. Yeah. So uh, 1776, the Revolutionary War came into play. Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, (laughs) side note, I know you love me talking about Hamilton. Um, (laughs) He he actually went to King's College in New York, um, but he did not ever finish his college education because he, he left school to... To join in the in the in the war, in yeah, the Revolutionary War. Um, there was I, a bunch of them that did that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a, a, some a lot of people went back after the war, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Hamilton Hamilton did not. He just went straight to the practice of law. Basically, I'm not sure exactly how that worked, but um, he only you know one of the things that I, did did you mention like one of the things that I found interesting in reading the the biography about Hamilton, I didn't pick this up from the show Hamilton, um, was was the fact that um, a ton of people back then didn't go to, colleges weren't four-year institutions necessarily. They were, you know, they were two-year institutions and you didn't necessarily even, you didn't wait until you were 18 to go to college. Like a lot of the, a lot of the people that were graduating from college were starting when they were 14 or 16 years old and going for two years and graduating and coming out of it like that. Yeah. Well, and back then, it, there were careers that were associated that you had to have a certain college education in order to have that career. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like Jefferson, Madison, Washington, Hamilton, all of them 
were going to school during this time, but the stigma of dropping out per se of a four-year school, Mm -hmm. that wasn't around because a lot of them did go two years and got out and went into a career, went to the war, went to do something, and it wasn't looked down upon. It was like, oh, okay, well, they went. They went for two years. They got something out of it. Yeah. Um, But it it wasn't a prerequisite to be in a profession. Uh, learning often took place in apprenticeship. So if they want to study law, they may go to school for two years, get a little bit of education, but then they'll hook up with a law firm or a medical practice or business organization, whatever it may be. Bottom line, at this period of time, they went to college for prestige, for status, for the civic leadership and power of saying they went. It wasn't for the education necessarily they were getting out of it. Mm. It wasn't required to go into certain fields to do this. Yeah, I'm- Okay, yeah, I, I I get what you mean there. This 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 was not nowadays. You know, when when I was growing up, when you were growing up, college is almost a foregone conclusion yeah. for for a lot of people. It's you like, had to go to law school to yeah. get, take the bar and become a lawyer, right? Um, but back then, it just wasn't that wasn't the case. No, so it wasn't until the early eighteen hundreds that we started doubling and had twenty institutions now. Just twenty. That's 1800s. crazy. So, yeah. 170 years, give or take a few years after the first college opened, we're still only at 20. Of course, back in the 1800s, we still only had... Not a lot of people. Yeah. 13 states. But again, it's I saw this line and it was really powerful. College in this era was one's means of finding one's place in adult society and economy. Hmm. So it, it wasn't of, I want to go to... I want to go to law school because it's hard. What? No, it's, you know, you're trying to find your status. You're trying to find your symbol in the economy. So uh, our good old buddy, Thomas Jefferson. Yes. uh, 1825, he opened University of Virginia. Yes, indeed. After his presidency, he said, I'm going to tackle education and moved away from the religious ties that were always with college. Yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to revolutionize uh, Mm -hmm. the academic institution, as it were. Um. You can go to, to UVA to this day and you can see the way that he, the way he put thought into everything about the school, like the, the physical location, the geography, the buildings layouts. Um, he had uh, the, the original dorms of the institution were all centered on a central lawn called the lawn. Mm-hmm. Students lived in dorm rooms that were right next to housing units that housed the professors. So you had students basically not living with the professors, but they are all basically in one community area together. Yeah, so he built a together. true college community. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's he. a lot of the colleges before centered it around the church, the chapel. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nope, we're centering around the library, mm-hmm. the education. Yeah. And I think that's huge because he really was the first one. UVA um, was a proper university where students could learn to become lawyers, doctors, scientists, government leaders. Um, really the education, the cream of the crop, those destined and guaranteed to be leaders. Mm -hmm. So this was a huge step. 1825, really kind of separation of church and education. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, 1862, the... Moral Land Grant Act. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Moral Land Grant Act. uh, It was passed by Lincoln, allowed states to freely receive land for public universities. Mm -hmm. Another big game changer there. Yeah, sure. So you, this is, this is why, this is why we have universities that we call land grant colleges. Because they make so much sense now. Did I steal your thunder? Oh, no, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So with this bill, there was actually 70 institutes that were created because of this. So uh, thanks Lincoln for that. That's awesome. Well, now we're moving to the 1900s. 19th century kind of radically started changing stuff into more practical subjects. Agriculture, medical arts, or as we know, engineering. Mm-hmm. So that really important mechanical, stuff. Mechanical. Mechanical. Yeah. What did I say? You said medical. Medical. Well, <laughs> medical was still a part of it too, you know. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's really things at this point started dra- drastically changing. Um, the academic culture, really what uh, Jefferson was trying to do, of trying to make those communities, it started catching on. It mm-hmm. started making a big difference. Um, prominent figures started to gain a lot of wealth. And it started this whole alumni giving back to their schools mm. because they had some wealth in this and wanted to look at different ways of trying to run colleges actually more like businesses. And uh, so that's what the 1900s also introduced the college boards. 
which is a college entrance exam. A lot of us know it as like the SAT. Mm-hmm. And so this company started it out. And so the SAT has been around a lot longer than a lot of us like to think. It just wasn't called the SAT. Interesting. I, I, for whatever reason, I always thought that the, that the, um, ACT had been around longer, but it makes more sense for it to be the SAT. Yeah, it was the SAT, SAT and um, eventually turned into like the AP programs mm-hmm. that a lot of kids will do in high yeah. school now. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's been around a long time. And then I didn't realize that uh, 1917 was the Student Army Training Corp, mm-hmm. but it was, which we know as ROTC. But the, this was a program by President Woodrow Wilson, and colleges that had these on-campus trainings received generous repayments per student. Mm. So Which is, yeah, I mean, it's, to, to this day, if you do ROTC, it's one way of getting to school without having to take out loans because the, your, your education is, is uh, I don't know if it's free or if it's highly, highly reduced, your tuition. Yeah. And that's, so it's, it, it, it is a program that has lasted and thrived because of that. My dad was ROTC when he was in, in college in the 50s, so... Um, I almost went ROTC, but then I didn't. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Well, so between the World Wars, that's when things started increasing fivefolds. And, I mean, college enrollment weight went through the roof. Um, it jumped from 5% to 15%. And then began the fun college sports. Of course. That is what really drove a lot of people to getting into college because that just built so much support and even more community around it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, another big milestone, 1944, the GI Bill allowed a free tuition for the World War II vets in order to get them somewhat back to a normal life. And this was really the first form of financial assistance for education, mm. which is just huge. So that's a little bit about some of the history of it. I'm not yeah. going to go into, you know, now into what our history is from that point, because a lot of us know about it. It's just colleges are popping up left and right. You've got... So basically, we're cutting you off, people. We're cutting you (laughs) off mid-20th century. You'll have to do the rest of the work yourself, but... you got public schools. you got private schools. And with it comes different cost and different things. If they have a... If they're an SEC school and have a great football team associated with that or... Mm. Whatever it may, if they have a pitch perfect, you know. Why did you? Group. <laughs> why did you pick the school that you ended up picking when you went to school? Well, it's not a very good reason. Well, I'm, I can tell you that my reason is also not a very good reason. So we can <laughs> share reasons. What's yours? Well, it was one of those. I had a good friend, and she said she was going to go to. I went to MTSU, Mills, mm-hmm. Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I was, I was planning on going to Ole Miss. I was going to be living the sorority life, and wasn't focused on academics. It was just I was going to be an Ole Miss girl. Yeah. And she told me about MTSU. I was like, well, that sounds cool. I went to go visit it. Fell in love with the campus. Fell in love with the community aspect of it, and ended up going there. Fun fact. Friend did not go there, so I was up there by myself. <laughs> yep, but uh, oh man, yeah. I mean, Psych. I had a, exactly. I had a great experience, but yeah, my my plan of how I picked it was not any yeah. was not the correct way. <laughs> I've really I tried really hard, uh, really only successfully uh, managed to do this with my oldest child. Um, I tried really hard to to get them to focus on more than just you know. W- what the campus looked like mm-hmm. and, you know, really con- take into consideration what sort of classes they, they thought they were going to want to take and where they wanted to, you know, one of the great things about, uh, about college can be, it can, it can introduce you to a whole different area of the country. You know, mm-hmm. you could, you could go and live and see what it's like to be in a town in, you know, in a completely entirely different section of the country. So I pushed, I pushed them to look at the geography. I pushed them to look at like, okay, how good is the school? So on and so forth. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter had also a list of colleges that she probably started refining as early as like 12 years old before wow. she finally decided where she was going to go ultimately. Um, my son, on the other hand, did what I did and followed his girlfriend to school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so that's why I yeah. ended up at Rhodes because my my girlfriend was a year uh, older than I was and had graduated and had gone to Rhodes because I presumably to stay in Memphis because I was still in Memphis and then I turned around when I graduated and went to Rhodes because that's where she was. So, yeah. Um, we still have one left. There's one kid left. Maybe I'll get. Maybe maybe she'll <laughs> maybe she'll choose a school for the right reasons. I don't know. So. Part of with student loans is it's we, we got to talk about why to go to college, what yeah. you know about how college is, and um, I 
saw this on a site and it said over 100 years ago, one of the richest, most successful men in America, Andrew Carnegie, mm-hmm. um, he thought that college was only unnecessary, was unnecessary, but actually detrimental for the average young man. And what it, was th- his logic? <laughs> because he said at this point, you know, only 4% of young people attended college. He felt like it was more important for them to get out there than to waste time in college. So you had him telling you that from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Today, it's assumed that most young adults will attend college after graduating high school. It's kind of one of those that it's a universal automatic stop on the conveyor belt to adulthood. Mm-hmm. You go to college or you go to high school, you go to college, you got the rest of your life. Yeah. And there's 3,000 colleges and universities out there now. And I think there's so much to be said about back then it was you you wouldn't go to college because you needed to be helping your family. And then there was a period of time it was you'd go only for prestige and status. And then it became extremely necessary. Now I think we're kind of flipping to a time where there needs to be more education done in high school to try and determine what is the path. A big thing that a big thing that that um, that we're seeing a focus on now is is that vocational training in high school. You know, the the, the sort of uh, like we have a local high school here that's partnered up with several of our local businesses, and they're they're really focusing on trade training mm-hmm. uh, for their for their high school students because not everybody needs to go to college. Not everybody, you know, not everybody needs that needs that degree to be able to be a successful productive human being you know there are there are plenty of vocations out there that require specific training that you get at a a, a votech school or in high school or whatever and you can be extremely really successful well. yeah, yeah. But, um, but i think there's a huge for the exception of certain things like medical and i feel like uh legal for the most part those are careers that people go through and they go to school for so long they're going to stay in that career mm-hmm. but a lot of people i've kind of polled and what they graduated college with what their undergrad was they used it to then stair step to get where they are now mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily anything to do with what they're currently doing in their careers that are their careers for right. life yeah and I think a lot of it is because we're always told, okay, you, you are going to college. And it was so much back to the whole how you picked where you were going to college. I think a lot of times it was we'd spend more time talking about um, finding our future spouse or figuring out what to wear to a date. We'd spend more time on that than actually where am I going to college? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, okay, well, they have a great football team. I want to go there. Oh, I guess I need to hurry up and pick a major. Yeah. I know I changed my major three or four times, and so I—I I mean, it happens. But it's I, my daughter, my oldest, didn't change her major. She just kept adding more majors. Well, so you know, just oh, I think I'll major in this too. I'll, I think I'll major in this too. I mean, just like she, well, and it's hard to figure out as an eighteen-year-old what you want to do with your life. And yeah. I mean, my my degree was in organizational communication, and. Now I'm a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. I still very much use what I've learned from that in different elements of my life. But it was one of those that, you know, you, you your life takes you different paths. I mean, you did law school and that brought you to different elements of your life. Okay. So one of the things that we, we have to, that we have to point out is in the next 10 years, I heard this statistic in the next 10 years, some, something like of of jobs will not require a college degree. Wow. So one of the things that you really have to focus on is as a a parent, are you you empowering your child to make a good choice? Mm -hmm. Um, Giving them, you know, some some people may just be dead set that their child is going to college and is going to get a college degree. It may be because they're big alum and they, you know, they have school spirit and whatnot, you know, and you you, you want your child to go there too or whatever. But, you know, make sure that, that, that your child has, has, has a good idea of, of what options are out there because, you know, there's, there's, there's no real stigma to going to a vocational school if it's because you know that you want to do a particular type of job and, the easiest and best way to, to get trained for that job is to go to this particular Votech school or a, a community college or a, a, get an associate's degree, a two-year degree, something that that will specifically help you do that particular job. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you want to do, if that's how you want to make a living, then 
please go do it. Don't don't pick a school like we've said in the past. Don't pick a school uh, just to, to go up and, and major in underwater basket weaving. Yeah. I mean, there's so much research that goes into it. And I mean, it's figuring out like, what is your plan? What, what should your kid be doing? All right, let me give you a little backstory about student loans. So they were created to make college accessible for so many more students, but they've gotten a bad reputation for being actually detrimental long-term burdens. And a huge issue on someone's future. Nearly 20 million Americans attend college each year and 12 million of those, 60%, have to borrow annually to help cover cost. So they're very crucial when you're thinking about making this plan out. And the way student loans actually came about, um, the National Defense Education Act, it was started in 1958. It was all around Sputnik and the... Um, Soviet Union and all the of space that race. going on. It was all, it's, it was, it was yeah. the, the space race. We needed engineers because we needed rockets that would get to the moon. And U.S. felt like they were falling behind. They didn't have enough people that were skilled or learning these different things. So that's when they were like, hey, what can we do? What can we get people to be enticed to do this? Oh, we can say we're going to help you with your cost for college. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what started the student loans. And then, you know, we had 1992 started the FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aids, which really every person going to college, they know all about this document Mm -hmm. and really showing you streamlining student loans and making sure each student was getting the most and what they needed and the greatest access for it. Yeah. And the you know the expansion. Even if you even if you don't want a student loan, even if you're just looking to try and get some sort of scholarship or need based assistance or something like that, even those people are. For instance, in Tennessee, we have the the Hope Scholarship, and if you um, want to if you want to receive the Hope Scholarship, you have to fill out the FAFSA. So it uh, all streamlines to that FAFSA, yeah, right every, there. Every everything goes through the FAFSA. Yeah, <laughs> and the more financial or federal financial um, aid available the higher the cost of college. I mean, kind of makes sense. College is going to start charging you more, the more opportunity there is for you to borrow. Mm-hmm. So when, if you are sitting here listening and you've got a kid about to go to college, or even if your kid's, you know, a preschool or whatever it may be, and you're thinking college is in the future, you really need to sit down and figure out what is their college going to be? Where are they going to go? Mm-hmm. What are you looking at as far as your career? Do your research, figure out what are the options out there? And if you get scholarships, great. Start mm-hmm. investigating it early. That's where a lot of those extra activities in high school, those service organizations, they offer scholarships for different things, not just academics. Mm-hmm. And beautiful thing that we're going to spend a whole episode talking about is the 529 plans, or some call it 529 plans. Mm-hmm. That's where parents and grandparents can start saving money for kids the second they've got a social security number, you can start saving for them. And so that's money that can be put aside for their education. And kind of the last resorts, student loans. So if you have made the decision that student loans are something that you need to get your kid to college or you or get yourself to college, mm-hmm. just know the facts about student loans. Make sure they make it so easy. I went on the Sally May, which the Sally May is... Um, one of the companies that gives out the student loans. I think we discussed Sally Mae back in... A couple episodes yeah, ago. way back. So. But I went on their website and mm-hmm. it flashed everywhere. 15 minutes to apply. 15 minutes is all it takes. Okay, well, I'm, you know, an 18-year-old really wanting to go and go to this college because I hear they've got a great sorority and a great football team. So, oh, 15 minutes and I can get all this money? Great. Mm-hmm. They make it way easy and you don't think in that moment about the whole long process of it because you need to consider that you are borrowing this money and you're making an investment in college and college can be really the second best investment in your life next to a house but you got to make sure it's a good investment you've got to make sure if you have to take on student loans that you're doing it that equates to what you're what you're majoring in what your future career is going to be um, so it's one of those, if you plan on making $60,000 out of college, you should probably take about $60,000 out in student loans and not $180,000 because that math doesn't add up. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Now, if you know that you're going to be in a profession that is going to be making you a lot of money, then yeah, consider it that way, like a doctor or something like that where you're right. in school for a long amount of time. But right now, the studies show about 81% 
of debtors that have student loan have to make significant sacrifices in their life. They have to delay retirement contributions. They have to work another job. They have to move back in with their family. And I bet you those people didn't think about this when they were that 18-year-old signing up for that student loan. They didn't consider that. They're thinking, oh, I'm going to college. I want to do this. I don't have to pay this until I get out of college. I'm not thinking about this right now. When you're 18 years old and you're looking at college, um, you're four four years you're going to be in college. And Mm -hmm. four years is a huge chunk of your life. Mm -hmm. It is a really long time in an 18-year-old's eyes to to think about something that's going to be four years down the road. So they're just... You know, they're not necessarily focused on what's going to happen when they get out. They're just focused on getting there. Yeah. And you're calling about the 69% are not going to need college degrees for whatever the career may be. So it used to be that your degree would guarantee that you could cover your loans. And now that's not the case anymore. There's so many degrees out there that are there's so many different people that just don't utilize their degree. So they can't cover their cost of these loans. Mm-hmm. And it's the debt to salary ratio. The loan should be no more than equal to your expected salary. And really just, I know you're sitting there thinking, okay, you're an 18-year-old about to go to college. How do you know what it's going to be? Because like I said, I went I went into school um, starting out thinking I was going to be a middle school education teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up doing organizational communication. But it's one of those that you go based off of what you think it is there. What you think it is as you start. And as you before you take these loans, know that it's a serious step into it. And of course, you've got to learn all the different natures of the loans. And figuring that out. Yes. So, so, I mean, if you've determined your kid needs student loans, the first thing, give us a call. Let us help you guide through the options, looking at your whole picture and figuring out, you know, what's going to be the best option. Because you've got federal student loans and private student loans. Mm-hmm. All right. So federal are the best option. Um, you get to start to pay this back uh, at a fixed interest rate, which fixed, remember it stays the same, um, which is always great because you, you know, your payments, you have that set ahead of time. Um, a lot of times there's something called subsidized loans, which means that while you, so you take this loan out your freshman year, say, Mm -hmm. well, you don't have to start paying it back until after you get out of school. You typically, there's a six month grace period from when you graduate to hopefully you find a job. Mm But subsidized ones, they'll actually cover the interest for those four years and six months. Unsubsidized do not. Okay. So that interest is accruing. So that interest the second you take the loan out, uh, if you got four years of college ahead of you and you take a loan out and it's an unsubsidized loan, federal loan we're talking about still Mm -hmm. here, but it's an unsubsidized federal loan, then that, that interest is accruing on the amount that you borrowed from the beginning. Yeah. And um, it's one of those, so if you default on these loans, they can take it out of your wages. They can take your entire tax refund, all of it to make sure, they're going to make sure they get paid for these loans. Yeah. I mean, loans are something that are very hard to get rid of, you know, without just, other than just by paying them off. (laughs) Exactly. So on the other side of it, you've got private loans, usually offered by a bank. Interest rates are variable. So again, that's they, they fluctuate. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that peace of mind of knowing that it's going to be the exact same price across the board. Right. You don't know that. It's going to change up. It typically has expensive uh, rates. I mean, they could be as high as 16%. And they do not offer the option of reducing or postponing payments. They're not going to work with you as much. Typically, you have to have a co-signer. And then if you miss a payment or have late payments or anything like that, it affects your credit rating. Remember, we talked about credit scores and credit rating. Mm-hmm. It affects yours, and it affects the person that co-signed with you. So you're really in trouble with yeah. this one. In- interesting little side note here, just to, to throw something fun out there. Um, I, I don't know if you knew this, and I, I'm just I'm being stupid, but but I I found out when I was going to college, I found out that colleges actually accept credit cards really? for tuition. So you know how. You know how um, we talked about you can get a credit card that has that gets you points for, uh-huh. for every dollar you spend or whatever? Well, imagine paying a $20,000 tuition on your credit card and how many points you would get. Wow. If you've got the money to, to pay the tuition anyway, why not charge it on that credit card and get those points? <laughs> well, then you got credit card debt and you're paying the interest no, rate No, no, no. That. That's what I'm saying. If you have the money to oh, pay it off. Oh, you have it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
No, no, de- definitely don't. Good Lord, don't charge. <laughs> don't charge. I didn't mean charge your tuition on your credit card and just let it ride. I meant, you know, talking about the points and stuff. It, it's a good way to get a whole bunch of points really, really quickly. That's true. And the other kind of loan out there is the PLUS loans. There's a direct, which is unsubsidized for graduates and professional schools. And you've got Grad PLUS and you've got Parent PLUS loans, which are for the parents to take out on an undergrad. These interest rates are higher um, than federal student loans and can borrow up to the cost of attendance. So those are just kind of the basics of the different kinds of loans out there. And like we've said before, they make it so easy for you. You Mm -hmm. don't have to go digging and searching for these loans. They're available. They're screaming at you. As soon as you find out you've got somebody of college age, they're going to come find you and they're going to give you these beautiful options. But that's where you've got to read the fine print and make sure that you understand all the different outlets of it. So, okay, you stuck with us. Say that you're listening to us and you have these student loans. You're not, you don't care about trying to find them. You've already found them. You've got them and you're trying to figure out. Somebody is sitting there yelling at us going, why haven't you talked about what to do? I have the loans already. How do I pay them off? Exactly. So tell them what to do, Court. Okay. So like we said, you're, you're going to to pay these back usually starting six months after you graduate. So mm-hmm. hopefully by then you have a job. And the easiest uh, the easiest thing to do is to make the payments regularly on time, whatever the amount is that you've agreed to pay to, to pay off the loan. Pay the the maximum amount that you can because the, obviously the more you pay, the faster you pay it off. Mm-hmm. But there is the um, repay as you earn or, or excuse me revised pay as you earn otherwise known as repay mm-hmm. uh and that's that they, that's where they actually offer you the option of having your loan payment established based on the amount of money that you're earning so it can make it easier for you to pay it back if you're not earning as much as you expected to be when you get out of school yeah. uh and so you have the option of of doing that if you're making a lower payment though that doesn't you know, you still owe the money. You're still going to have to pay all that money back. So if you're paying less, then obviously it's going to take you longer to to pay everything off. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things out there. It's There actually is refinancing for student loans. I mean, you hear about refinancing for a house, but there's also refinancing for student loans. And that's where, you know, we... We said if you were thinking about getting student loans, come and talk to us. Well, if you've got them, come and talk to us. And mm-hmm. we can really kind of look at the different options and see about if it's refinancing them and trying to get a lower interest rate and if it's worth, you know, the bank for your buck for, to do this. Or if it's even like a loan consolidation, this doesn't mean that you're going to get a lower interest rate or anything like that. It's just meaning you're taking multiple student loans you may have, combining it into a nice single payment. Mm-hmm. So trying to make it a little bit easier for you. Because like you said... There are multiple, and even if you get just federal loans, mm-hmm. you could still have multiple loans. You could have two, two, two loans or three loans from you know because you've got a, uh, you've got the, the subsidized loan, you've got an unsubsidized loan, whatever. Um, so you might actually be having to make payments toward two, two or three separate debts, and, yeah. and so it might be easier to actually consolidate so that just you only have that one it. payment, one payment amount. Yeah. And depending on some of the careers you get into, say you thought you were going to become a lawyer or a doctor, but you ended up working in a nonprofit type of job. Well, there's actually forgiveness programs that if you meet the requirements or in a 501c3 job, then you would actually have a little bit of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Also, keep in mind that there are certain careers that you can... If you you are thinking about taking a certain career path, then you can have your education paid for because of the career that you're going into. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, if you want to be a doctor, there is an option. A lot of small towns need a doctor and they are willing to pay for your med school. If you will agree to come be their doctor for a set amount of time after med school. So, you know, those kind of options are out there. We mentioned ROTC earlier, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that is an option if you uh, are, um, military minded. Um, so you you have these these different kinds of options out there of, of ways that you might be able to get your education paid for, uh, but if you haven't taken those, if you haven't selected one of those options again, if you if you have the debt uh, because you took out a loan, then there are still ways that we can help you pay that debt off after the fact. Well, and if you have a student loan now, you're not alone. There are so many people out there. There's about 
45 million in the U.S. that are borrowing and have student loan debt. Mm. And unfortunately, this is crazy, but 3 million senior citizens are still paying off student loans. 3 million. That's, That's just insane. crazy. And senior citizen. I mean, so we're talking like what? What are they? What are they classifying as a senior citizen? Somebody over sixty-five retirement age, or somebody yeah. over fifty, or what? Do you know? Probably over 65, I would mm, think. Okay. Um, that's that's insane. They graduated is. from college at 22. <laughs> and they still have this crippling student loan debt yeah, to them. And there's actually a percentage of people that are not having children because they are, they had a bad experience with student loans. So they don't want to bring a child into it because they're so terrified of it. Student loan has caused so many fights between families and you know depending on if their parents got them into the student loan if they were just a kid at 18 didn't know any better and did it but it sticks with you and it's one of those it can consume you and control you but that's where there are options to really try and help you get out of this you don't have to let it be crippling towards you you're not alone there's other people that are dealing with this a lot of people but also be aware because when I was on that Sally Mae website, I noticed that they do make it very easy for you to get loans. They even have loans out there for K through 12 education. Mm-hmm. So now you can get some student loans for your kid to go to a private school. I yeah. Mean, and I mean, private school is a big industry here in this in this city. We have a lot of private schools and private schools are expensive. So they are. You know. So it's it's one of those that College, it's four years. You said it is a huge chunk of your life. It's a huge, it's, it's a huge chunk of an eighteen-year-old's life. You know, it is. Like I think about four years, and and uh, you know, my daughter just went through four years of college, and for her, it was probably a really, really long time. For me, it flew like a blink. By. Yeah, it was over. Yeah, it's like it was over in a blink. Yeah, but it's one of those that I think we need to change the subject of. It's not that. You go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college, you go into a job. Right. I think we need to change the conversations. And it really is starting to change now. Of You have big real- advocates out there that are working toward this end. Mm-hmm. People people um, like APEF, they they focus on 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 some of those those alternative training thing uh, options that, that that we're trying to get schools to provide students nowadays um uh, micro works uh i think i've mentioned him before he he's very much in, in 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 the camp of getting people to to train for the jobs that we have in the u.s that oh, yeah. need to be filled right now that are not filled that, that are not being filled and i'm not knocking college because college is very important and it is right for the right career path and the right people. It's very important if it fits into what you're doing. But we're saying if you haven't done the ahead work and had these great college savings plans set up or gotten these scholarships and you are faced with the decision of trying to decide about student loans or not, I think that's where we need to not make that split decision. Do the research before you send out those, uh, what I'm trying to say, like college applications. Before Mm -hmm. you send that out, you need to do some research and figure out is this the right path? And and you've as parents, you've got to help the 18-year-old with this because that's a big decision for them to make. And slamming them with something that is going to be with them for a very long time, if they aren't blessed to get into a great career right out of college, that they're making sure they're understanding the debt they're taking on because that will affect, it's, it's a ripple effect. It'll affect them getting a house, getting a car, fights with their future spouse, whatever it could be. And so they're not all bad, but just make sure... My favorite line, make sure the juice is worth the squeeze. Make sure the loan is going to pay off in dividends of your education, what your career is going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, why don't we wrap this up? Let's give them um, Let's give them our bullseye, Katie. Okay. Student loans are not the enemy. It's, it's with everything. It's kind of like with our credit cards. It's how you manage it. It's making sure that you have the right one for you. And so if you're considering kids are going to school and all of that, Make sure you're doing your research, figuring out that you've got the right one, that you're going to the right school, you're getting the right size loan for what you're going to be doing. And if you're sitting there with student loans, I know it seems like a dead end and it's hopeless and this will stick with you the rest of your life. I mean, heck, you can't even bankrupt a student loan. Even if filing for bankruptcy, you still have this student loan with you. But it's one of those, there are options. There are ways to look at this. There are ways to make sure that you're building it into your budget, that you are adjusting it so it doesn't have to cripple you and be like some of these senior citizens that still have it with them to this day. So that's my bullseye court. What about you? 
my bullseye is remember back to the, the the very beginning when I said one of the things that you want to do when we when we started discussing this is, is empower your children to make the right choices. Mm-hmm. I, t- I talked about the fact that how much how very little thought I put into where I went to school or why I was going there. Uh, it was just a given that I was going to go to college, and so then it was just a matter of like, well, which one should I go to? Well, there's my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I did end I, I ended up marrying the girl, so well, you that's know, good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it ended it ended up working out. I guess you could say it it paid off, but uh, you know. Um, not, I, I would not recommend making, making your choice based on that. So empower your children to make a good choice and make sure that they understand what their options are. Listen, not every child that goes to school has to pay their own tuition. You know, a lot of parents pay the tuition for the kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand that we're, we're not just, this isn't a world where every single child just goes out, turns 18 and leaves the house and never sees their parents again, you know, and everything falls on them. But that does happen to some people. And you have to consider that sometimes when your child leaves, if they leave the house and go away to school, then you're not just looking at the tuition that they Mm -hmm. have to pay. They have other expenses as well, living expenses that they're going to have to pay while they're at school. And they may do something like join a fraternity or a sorority, and that's going to cost you a pretty penny. So. You know, there are all these expenses that that are going to be incurred if you choose to go to college and you need to make sure that your kid understands all of those expenses and what they're going to be, what it's going to cost them and what their options are to pay for them. If they're going to have to be paying for them, if they have a 529, great. If they have a scholarship, boy, I really pushed hard for my kids to get scholarships, (laughs) then great. But make sure that they know Make sure that they're fully informed of what all the options are, not just options of paying for college through a loan or paying for college through whatever, but also options of whether or whether or not they actually should go to college. Mm-hmm. What are they going to be doing? What is it they're what is it they're looking to gain out of this experience? Bullseye. Ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. Oh, and we got back our stock exchange bell now. (laughs) (laughs) You have made it to yet another episode, made it to the end of yet another episode of Bullcast, the podcast. If you liked it and you haven't subscribed yet, please go to your favorite subscription service and subscribe to our podcast. We'll keep them coming at you and pouring into your ears every single week. We release every Thursday. If you'd like to find out more about me and Katie, you can check us out on our website. That's bullcast.com podcast.com or you can reach out to us on twitter our twitter handle is at bullcast podcast you can see some grand old pictures of us on instagram our instagram handle is at bullcast podcast and finally if you'd like to find out a little bit about where katie and i work we work at a place called pickler wealth advisors and you can check out that website find out more about us find out more about our team and find out more about our boss david pickler at picklerwealthadvisors.com. And for my fellow Greeks out there, that's advisors with an omega, not an epsilon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever toot your horn. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we've been giving them enough homework, so uh, they've got plenty to be going on with. Um, so until next time, I'm Court. I'm Katie. Toga, toga, toga. Class dismissed. <laughs>